hello. Welcome to episode 94 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, today is a very special uh, episode. Uh, we're going to go through the top five wins of these Kings' 2020-2021 uh, 2020, season. Uh, that sounded weird, but yes, we're going to do the top five wins of this last season. We're going to include the top five losses. We're not bottom five losses, probably how I would say that. But we, we while I was taking notes, I found out that it was going to be a long, damn long episode. So we're just going to do top five wins right now. Uh, top, top bottom five losses will come in the next episode. So, and with me to go through the best wins of the season, the top five, is Fong. Oh, yes, it is me. Uh, so how was your day today on this absolutely steaming hot day in Sacramento? Yeah, it's it's probably the first day we actually turned on the AC for once. And uh, let's just say I have not stepped outside to feel that heat. I see. Yeah, I went to the gym earlier today, did some good old-fashioned cardio. Uh, gonna feel it tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Was it the POI 100, 500, 6? Well, I was I was actually out before like it got that hot. Like it was in the morning, so mm-hmm. luckily not nothing too bad. But uh, no, it did not feel that bad. Luckily. Okay, that's good. Okay, well let's uh, get into the games. Um, so we're gonna uh, the way I'm gonna do this is that I'm gonna do it kind of by uh, the date that they happened. I think you have it in a different format, but. Uh, so to first start off, uh, I'm going to go game one against the Nuggets on December 23rd, 2020. It was the first game of the Kings uh, at Denver. Um, it was a very balanced scoring effort from the Kings. I think only like I don't think anyone scored in the 20s. I don't have the box score. Out. I might be wrong, but um, it was a balanced scoring effort. Marvin and basically his first game in a year scores 13 and 10 in 27 minutes. Kojo surprisingly had actually 15 points on six of 10 shooting was a plus eight throughout the game. We had 12 points from Halliburton in his debut game. Um, and, you know, to start the good vibes for the Kings and, you know, our love for him has only grown since, uh, my next note here is um, both Holmes and Bagley actually fouled out of this game. And I was actually looking at the play-by-play and was wondering why Hassan Whiteside was playing in OT. Uh, apparently that was why, because, I, I, yeah, I totally forgot about this. Yeah, Rashawn Holmes and Marvin Bagley just fouled out. Rashawn fouled out, I think, like with a few minutes to go. And then they subbed in Marvin, who also fouled out very shortly after. And, uh, yeah, it and Hassan Whiteside closes the game. Um, at the at the ending sequence of the game was uh, Fox basically overplays. I think it was Will Barton, and Barton uh, cuts backdoor is kind of slowly jogging towards you know the uh, towards the basket for an easy layup. Uh, only only then Fox <laughs> comes out of nowhere and skies for a beautiful chase down block. The ball ends up in Harrison Barnes's hands, who you know streaks down the court and travels. No call. Uh, gets a I think a left-handed layup, uh, ties the game. On the next possession, he's guarding uh, Jokic. He basically gets his hand on the ball. He actually fouls Jokic. Um, gets the ball to Fox, who throws it to Harrison Barnes, who tries to. I think again. I think it was Will Barton. I forgot to. I forgot who it was, but tries to dunk on him. Misses. 
and Buddy Heel tips in the basket to win the game. Is I think I just covered basically the that entire game right there. <laughs> pretty much that fourth quarter, pretty much or OT. I meant. Yeah, OT. I I don't remember much from the fourth. I you know of course I remember the ending sequence. Uh, you know Fox with the chase down block and Buddy with the tip in to win the game. Yeah, I I vaguely remember that tip in, and you know I mean without that buddy tip in, we could have lost. But man, it man, it's it's been a while <laughs> since we we uh, seen this game, even though like this is a short season too. Yeah. Um. So I just pulled up the box score. So no one scored more than twenty two points. A buddy was the leading scorer. You know. Oh. And uh, yeah, it, it unfortunately this doesn't last. I'll just say just because like you know it becomes a one man show with a lot of De'Aaron Fox uh, in the preceding games. One interesting little tidbit that I found out just going through some box scores of like this, of like the first like ten games of the season, particularly Bielitsa. Bielitsa like in this game scores ten points. And there are multiple games, uh, you know, going forward where he scores 10 points and usually the Kings win. And I just realized, like, looking through, like, the depth of the Kings. So we basically only played um, nine players this game, which is actually a lot. But you lose Bielitsa, like, later on in the season. That is a huge, like, loss to, you know, the, our depth chart. And remember, like... During during like a later stretch in the middle of the season, like we only play like seven guys and losing belly, I think, was actually was something that we didn't notice at the time of just how big he was for us. And yeah, he scored 10 points this game and like proceeded to score like double digits in pretty much all of our wins. And yeah, losing him was a huge blow to us. Oh, yes, it was. (laughs) Uh, after the game, I actually decided to also go through some of Jason Jones's articles. Uh, Fox apparently said uh, he he's a huge fan of Rex Kalamian's new defensive schemes. Rex Kalamian just joined the uh, Kings' uh, staff. He's the defensive coordinator, and he drew up some new defensive schemes. And the players really like what he did, and they actually credit a lot like him for basically drawing up these schemes and putting the players in positions to make plays. And, you know, not not to say, like, Fox made that chase down block because of those schemes, but it was a good defensive game, even though it was, like, in the 120s. Oh, that's interesting. Wait, did we really hire him in the beginning of the season? Or not like... in the beginning of the season, but this is yeah. his first season. Huh. I actually didn't know that. Hmm. Well, let's hope he, he's been a kind of a background character and, you know, like, I mean, like for now, anyway, we'll yeah. get we'll get to some of the later games. But like, you know, the defense does not really hold up, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I actually forgot we were talking about him in towards the beginning of the season. But, you know, yeah, as the season goes on, yeah, that defense ain't ain't there. <laughs> it really ain't there. Uh, On the other side, Jokic had a triple-double, 29 points, 15 rebounds, and 14 assists. So he basically, like, picked up right where he left off from the bubble. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. had 24 points. Murray had a bad game. It was kind of weird. I don't know what happened. But, like, one for nine for nine points. He did have seven free throws. But, yeah, he was not good in, in 34 minutes. And I think he fouled out this game. Although, I will say, I do remember... 
I don't I don't remember if it was this game, but like the foul out was really stupid. Like I, I it was not a foul or it was like an offensive foul, I think. I don't remember, but like basically it wasn't a foul. They even challenged it and somehow did not get it overturned. I remember very clearly it was I was like, man, I kind of feel bad for the Nuggets for that one. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch that replay to uh, get a better idea. I don't, actually don't remember. I remember he did get fouled out. It's just, uh, th- yeah, I remember it was really BS. That's all. Okay, and la- my last note, I remember Compazzo being pretty bad in this game, and actually he was pretty bad in all the games against the Kings, just because he like he's not like he directly affects like the defense of the uh of the Denver Nuggets but I just felt like every time he was in like De'Aaron Fox was looking to cook or like somebody was it, it somehow like indirectly he would just lead to score somehow and I yeah I don't have like I've watched some of the highlights it doesn't really show it but I just remember composite being pretty bad in this game mm, I see okay what is your uh one of your top five wins Let's see. So for my top five wins, it's actually in no particular order, sadly. But, uh, you know, since we're talking about Denver, we might as well go on with another Denver win. And before we start, uh, I'm surprised we swept the Denver Nuggets uh, this season because uh, we've been talking about a lot of sweeping the Mavs, but I, I actually forgot we swept Denver, too. Yeah, it's. I mean, I guess the reason why is Denver's defense is pretty garbage. And, like, mm-hmm. during these games, we felt like we just saw Jokic just not be able to put any pressure on the rim. And, uh, but, like, they're an offensively, you know, very talented offensive team. And they just didn't, they just didn't have it against the Kings. Maybe they underestimated us or, like, just something. But, like, they, I mean, don't get me wrong, they carved up the Kings' defense, but, like, we carved up their defense as well. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking about Jokic not getting to the rim as much, uh, the game that I chose was against Denver on February 6, uh, 2021, where uh, Jamal Murray was out. I believe it was during his uh, one stick uh, of, uh, I forgot the injury now. Uh, but anyways, this was uh, Jokic's actual career high with 50 points and 12 assists. And the game ended with uh, 119 to 114 with the Kings win. So Jokic really, you know, carried this team pretty much uh, to in his back. Yet ended up with their loss. So you know, uh, look at the bot score. Like every, I'm not gonna lie, the Nuggets didn't really pull through as well as you know Jokic uh, has pulled through. This game, I mean, like I said, Jokic had 50 points. The next score is Paul Bilsat with 14. And most of it is just his three frees that he made. Uh, other than that, you know, it, it was uh, during th- that um, week was, uh, you know, our, I would say, one of our tougher parts of the schedule, where the game before was against the Celtics, which... Uh, I probably will get over to uh, later when we uh, talk about our other wins. Uh, so the game before was against the Celtics, and the game after was against LA, and both were wins, surprisingly. So we had a good small win streak against you know playoff-ready teams. 
Uh, and uh, I like to mention, you know, another great performance from Barnes, Halburn, and Fox with 13 total frees between them. Again, we were talking about earlier with, um, you know, Fox with uh, he shouldn't take too many frees, but surprisingly, you know, he he made four for seven, so I can't complain. Uh, Earned that, you know, same old same old with Buddy Hield and Marvin Bagley didn't really point through, but you know. Who's to say when you have Tyrese Fox and Barnes out there? Yeah, so uh, you mentioned that the team, the Denver, like, did not, the rest of the team did not come through. I remember Michael Porter Jr. specifically being very bad this game. Like, his jump shot just was not there. And I, I don't have the box score up. Like, if you can just give me what he shot. Like, I remember, like, he just did not play well. No, he did not. So... In this box score, it's he was free for 11, but most of his shots were from free. So, yeah, I'm surprised he only hit one for seven this game. But he did get free blocks, so, you know, I mean, he did something. Just uh, missed six frees. <laughs> and, yeah, you mentioned that this was during a king, a very rough king stretch, like where we were expecting a lot of losses. I also remember this was, unfortunately, the stretch of games that you missed because – you know, you just weren't available to watch these games because you came back during the Philadelphia game, and that was the first game that started a ginormous losing streak. And know. and this was actually, and we'll get to one of those, uh, get to the LA Clippers game that you mentioned. But like, this was when like the vibes around the team were so good. Everyone was just like, man, the Kings might have figured something out. Like they, they so like their only loss during the stretch was Miami. And it was a very mm-hmm. close loss against a very good team with Jimmy Butler back. So, like, again, it looked like the Kings had figured something out. And beating, a, you know, a tough Denver team, like, being able to hold off a 50-point barrage from Jokic, like, it looked like they got they had something going. It would not last, however, unfortunately. <sighs> yeah, you know, I gotta say I must have been like a, a very unlucky charm to the Kings when I came back watching that Philadelphia game. I actually yeah, forgot Yeah, sure, score. the Kings lost because you weren't watching, sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. anyways, let's move on. Uh, game two uh, that, that I picked was uh, game two, actually, against the Suns on December 26, 2020. Uh, so this was against, you know, the Phoenix Suns of this year, which added Chris Paul. And, yeah, they looked basically early in the season, like in the preseason predictions, everyone was, you know, sliding the king or not or no, they were basically picking the Suns to make the playoffs. They were correct because this is a very good team. And it was really nice to see that the Kings were able to like, you know, fight tooth and nail and actually come out with the win against what it what was really projected to be a really tough team like. They defended Devin Booker pretty well, I thought. They, you know, ha- you know, handled Chris Paul, you know, decently well as well. And it was a very balanced scoring attempt from the entire Kings team. Only Fox scored over 20 points. He had 24 points and seven assists. Marvin had 13 and 11 in only 21 minutes. And one of the big kind of like sticking points that will continue throughout the season, only three minutes in the fourth. And I'm actually surprised he got any minutes in the fourth at all. But he would not play a lot in the fourth. But he would, like have good stats for the most part. Uh, Barnes had 11 points and 11 rebounds. 
And uh, again, uh, players were crediting uh, Rex Kalamian after the game in their post-game uh, interviews for their new defensive schemes that are basically were getting them more engaged. And also, like, he encouraged the players to communicate more on defense, and it showed this game. And one of the very interesting stats I ran into, Kings had, tw- Kings had 33 free throws. They only made 23. But but they basic they had 20 more free throws than the Suns, who only had 13 free throws but made 10. Wait, what? <laughs> really? Yes, it was a very weird game, and even like after the game, like Monty Williams, you know, you'll never really hear this much about the Kings. They outworked the King, or they outworked the Suns. They basically were physically just like, I guess, I guess physically stronger and kind of bullied the uh, Suns. Like, uh, let, let me see. So th- this is another incredible stat. Kings had 15 offensive rebounds and out-rebounded the Suns 56 to 40. Ooh, that's also interesting. Uh, now that you mention it, I don't remember Aiden playing much during like the big stints when uh, we kept up the lead. Let's see. I don't remember specifically either, but it, it's it looks like a stat that should be the other way around, where the Kings get 40 rebounds and the other team gets 56. It's it's just it was just inc- kind of incredible to look back. Like there were signs like that the Kings were figuring something out, but unfortunately, as I mentioned, it just didn't stick. Yeah, sadly. Uh, wait, when was this game again? It was like this was the second game of the season. So yeah, super early on. Sadly, yeah, after me coming back, of course, uh, things didn't turn out what it used to be. So what are you talking about we all we watched this game. We watched this game together anyways. I, I know. It's, Fox, it's I remember Fox uh, very much like being really good down the stretch. He was locking in on defense as well. And it gave me a lot of hope. Like he was on Devin Booker, like all over him and forced a crucial miss that basically allowed the Kings to keep their lead. Uh, Booker ended up with 26 points. Uh, Chris Paul had 22. I think the rest of the team was okay. Uh, Another interesting tidbit was Chris Paul hit a three at the buzzer in three separate occasions. He hit he hit one at the buzzer at at the second quarter. That didn't count. Hit another one at at the end of the third quarter. That didn't count. And hit one at the end of the fourth, which did count, but only brought them to to within three points because the Kings were up six. I thought that was it. I thought that was a interesting little tidbit, and I actually had to like go on Twitter to actually research this um, interesting little tidbit. Hmm. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that. You know what's also interesting? Seeing Damian Jones in this lineup too. He was on because... the Suns. Yeah, apparently in the beginning of the season, because I swear I saw him in the Lakers like during when I was looking at the box score the other day, uh, like further down the season. So I guess he was, uh, you know, team jumping a lot during the season. I mean, the reality is he's just I mean, I don't want to say he, I mean, he's found a way to contribute against the Kings or for the Kings. But, you know, I think he's just he's just trying to find out what he is or like trying to find opportunities and it kind of sucks that he wasn't able to figure out with uh with what's his face uh chris paul who you know was like the king of setting up the big man and like lebron james <laughs> like it just didn't work but it looks like he's found a place in the kings and hopefully he's with us uh going into next season 
Oh yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he will be. <laughs> All right, on to yours. So let's see. I guess my next one I'll choose. Well, let's start with the Mavs. I guess I'll choose the Mavs uh, during the May second game of 2021. So this game uh, we didn't have Fox or Harrison Barnes again, but there was no problems with that because uh, what you would call it, we pretty much kept them up. Hold on, I need to bring up the box score. So yeah, just to mention this one, this was part of this was part of my honorable mentions. I I was going to choose this game, but unfortunately, I was not able to watch this game, and I really wish I was because a lot of uh, a lot of Twitter was kind of on the maps for this one. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So even with Fox and Harrison Barnes out, we also had Hal Burn out. I believe during the second or third quarter, uh, which uh, he ended up with, you know, only 11 points, but he did have uh, five assists. Uh, so other than that, you know, we had Dewan Wright, you know, replacing uh, both Fox and Tyrese, and Dewan really had a great fourth quarter. I gotta say, he, you know, even though he didn't hit any threes, he just drove in like nothing and uh, scored 14 for us. Uh, most of them in the fourth. Uh, other than that, like, from, I mean, look at this bot score. Buddy played well with 6 for 10 from free, and we had Marvin back as well. Uh, and, you know, Marvin looking like, I guess you could say Marvin in a way. Uh, he really tried to, you know, prove to us that he, you know, is our power forward or, you know, our player that we around. want. Yeah, worth keeping around. And, uh, you know, he played a really great first three quarters. And then the fourth quarter, he, you know, chucked a lot of shots. And, you know, I think he was trying to break some career high. But, you know, besides that, overall great performance from the Kings. Uh, This game also, which is also weird, is the Mavs didn't hit many threes. They hit six for 35. And pretty much... All the Mavs, I am looking at the box score right now, has not hit more than one, especially Luka, which he is one for seven this game, which is pretty surprising because other games he he had at least two or three in in the minimum. Uh, yeah, I remember mentioning during our post game uh, episode for this uh, for this specific game, like yeah, no one shot well from three from the Mavs. It, it's just one of those weird years for them where because last year I looked at actually all their games from last year. They hit a pretty decent chunk of their threes. And I brought up the fact that they basically swapped uh, Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. And it, I'm not saying like that's the it, that's like the reason why, but like that's a big factor in it. They just don't have like a knockdown shooter anymore. They have a lot of guys who are, you know, hot and cold from there. And then Dorian Finney Smith is basically their best shooter at this point like he's not and he's not really a knockdown shooter as, as i found out because he seems to play well against the kings for some reason but like he's not a knockdown shooter and they just don't have that the seth curry guy anymore that can you can just rely on like get, you know be like when he's open he's gonna knock down some shots you can't really rely on tim hardaway jr for that either and luca will get his threes off but you know it's hit or it's a hit or it's a very hit or miss shot if you will yeah, sadly, that's the case with uh, the Mavs this game. Uh, 
especially J.J. Reddick. He actually played uh, 14 minutes this game, only got off three threes. And, uh, you know, luckily all of them missed because he is a, that sharpshooter. Uh, well, other small tidbits, uh, you know, we mentioned DeLon Wright, and he used to be a Mav. And, you know, he, he somewhat had a revenge game because, you know, he waved those Mavs goodbye near the end. Uh, also near the end, uh, both Luca and uh, Coach Carlisle both got their second text and, you know, got kicked out of the game. So there's that <laughs> so i was not so as i mentioned i did not watch this game but i but i did like read the tweets during this game and jason jones was basically saying lucas should have should have had five techs in the game because that fucker complains so much to the refs and it's inc- and like a lot of people were like saying oh he just got ejected for looking at the ref wrong if you actually look at what he got ejected for after the timeout so there was a timeout right before he got ejected where he just chucked the ball to the other side of the other side of to the other basket. And like people were people basically ignored the fact that he did that and just said, oh, he just got uh, he just got ejected for going up to the ref. And like this guy just, he, you know, he's an emotional guy. I get it. Like, you know, he, they're having a very they're having a rough time right now in the Clippers series after going up 2-0. like he's an emotional guy. And I love the competitiveness. But somebody needs to check him, I feel, at, at this point, like on the Mavs. And I get why they're not doing it, because honestly, you got to cater to the superstar. But like, man, someone's got to just check his attitude a little bit. Like, you got to you got to stop complaining to the refs as much as he is. Mm-hmm. And a fun little tidbit uh, that I have for this game um, yeah, um, as I mentioned, Halliburton got in, well, uh, you mentioned, uh, Halliburton got injured in the third quarter, and basically that was his last game, um, and I, I'm just, my main note is that they had no business winning this game, Kings had no, because, like, Kings were down their three best players, and somehow they were able to, you know, pull it out, like, by, you know, DeLon Wright, like, just, well, like, it was a team effort, like, everyone hit, a lot of people hit threes on the Kings, and they were able to, you know, like the, the Mavs defense, like their interior defense is like as strong as tissue paper. Like I'm watching the Clippers series right now. And it's and I remember just like thinking, why don't Kawhi and Paul George just go to the rim? Because like they, they did that at the end of the game and they just got like dunk after dunk after dunk. And instead they were settling for threes. Go to the basket because, boy, that that tissue paper defense is just is not going to stop anybody at the rim. <laughs> yeah, not with uh, Willie Cauley-Stein still there. Yeah, and KP, like you were mentioning to me, uh, we well, I sent you a, tw- a tweet the other day. For a Composo on Denver is actually averaging more rebounds than KP. And one of the reasons why is because KP, because of his knee injuries, just has no mobility anymore. And he's just not the rim protector he was last year. Like, because last year they were decent on defense. Like, they weren't great, but, like, KP was, you know, their 3 and D center. And now he just can't move as well anymore. Yeah, now it's just all three, sadly. But, you know, we'll have to see next year. Maybe, I don't know, you think uh, he'll get over with these injuries? I don't know, like big guy with you know knee problems. That's not that's usually a sense you don't want to say. So I don't know. 
Okay, well, um, we mentioned the Clippers. Uh, my next game, um, my third game is Game 23 against the Clippers on February 7, 2021. It was a one-man show. It was De'Aaron Fox, you know, slicing and dicing all the Clippers perimeter defenders. Not Paul George because he didn't play this game, but including Patrick Beverly, including Reggie Jackson. <laughs> um, and, and uh, Ka- of course, Kawhi Leonard. There is a very kind of there was a clip going around Twitter where basically De'Aaron was just dribbling around Kawhi and just hit a like a gorgeous like left handed layup like around Kawhi, who just couldn't track him because he was so quick. Um, he ended the game with 36 points and seven assists. Um, this was also a very weird afternoon game. I remember like this was at 12:30 and like like yeah, it was a weird ass time. And I just remember being so sleepy after this game. Like I didn't want to do an episode after this game because I was just it was such a weird time. Um, Barnes uh, only had four points this game, but had 12 rebounds. A lot of his energy was expensed on or was used on guarding Kawhi, who shot nine for 21 for only 20 points, which is that's a pretty bad game for him. Um, Marvin had nine points and 10 rebounds. Rashawn had 12 points and 10 rebounds. Halliburton was a minus seven, but I looked at some of the highlights and he had two huge threes that it back to back in the fourth when the Kings kind of had their third unit in, which was, which is actually pretty rare. Like at this point, like that Kyle guy in there, I think at, at one point, like he had two crucial threes that basically gave like the, Gave the Kings a little bit of cushion, especially with the fact that De'Aaron Fox was not on the floor. And none of the I don't think any of the starters were on the floor. So that was huge. Um, Buddy didn't have a good shooting uh, night or afternoon, really. He was seven for 18, only uh, three for nine from three, but had 22 points and nine rebounds. And one of the interesting tidbits that I found from Jason Jones's article, Buddy had a lot of praise for Luke after the game, giving him giving him a lot of props for how he's handling the team and how the rest of the roster were basically saying they really love Luke's uh, players players approach, saying that they essentially will like instead of like say drawing up a play to say get get De'Aaron a, a shot he'll actually at first ask like the, some of the players what do you guys want to do was one of the key things that I noticed from the article um and yeah Fox and Buddy cr- credit the staff for being flexible with the players and saying that he he draw a good game plan and like Luke always apparently draws good game plans according to the players and the and unfortunately they just don't execute all the time. But when they execute it, good things happen. Yeah, that sounds great. I wish uh, we see that more. But you know, it's kind of hard to tell with all the ISO ball during the beginning of the season to you know tell if that's actually you know a game that's actually a game plan or not. But, but uh, yeah. Um, Sadly, I think I also missed this game, to be honest. Now oh, that you I... missed it, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, but... I remember very vividly after this game, we were, you came back during the Philadelphia game, and you were complaining that we that we all why do we always lose? Yeah, so I remember that very vividly. <laughs> I know every every game I watched, we lose somehow. But uh, no, I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, this game seemed like a fun game, especially playing against Kawhi, who surprisingly, 
uh, I mean, he did well, of course. Uh, didn't hit any threes, but, you know, we pretty much kept them in check besides uh, our bench unit. Of course, you know, anchored with Hassan uh, didn't do so well. Uh, and we will, of course, help carry the Clippers back up. But, you know, a win's a win. And this was still during, you know, that uh, three-game uh, win streak with, uh, you know, playoff teams. Yeah, um, yeah, Lou Will was really their only positive in a, in a way. Like, the bench was okay, but the starters really stunk it up. Like, Kawhi just, you know, he was being guarded really well by Harrison. Like, props to him for being able to hold him to 20 to twenty points on 21 shots. Like, that's actually pretty incredible. Um, yeah, I, I remember just after this game, all the good vibes were coming, were just coming to the Kings. Like, Kings were 12 and 11, seven, seven wins in the last eight games. And they were, and after the, after this game, they were the ninth seed. But the Warriors lost, like, I think later in the night or the next day. And so the Kings were actually the eighth seed very shortly. Unfortunately, it would come crumbling down after this. Yep, sadly, that is the case. Okay, let's move on to your uh, third game. Oh, I guess speaking about that three-game win streak, I might as well go over the Celtics game that we uh, won right after the Miami game, which is on uh, February 3rd of 2021. Now that we've been talking about these three games, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I also missed this one. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, you, I think you did. If it's like within, yeah, within a time frame, yeah, you missed it. Yeah. So I'll just go over it real quick. Um, you know, both Tatum and Brown were in the game, and you know, they they both also did pretty well. Uh, Kemba wasn't in due to injury, but you know, what do you think? You you think uh, Kemba would have tipped the scale if he was here? Or I was think playing? he would have changed the game. I don't know if they win this one because he has not been good this year. So I, I don't know. Mm, I see. So overall, it was pretty much, you know, a Jalen Brown game, a Jason Tatum game with Will Sprinkle, Tristan Thompson, because apparently we can't guard Tristan Thompson uh, in the paint too well. Uh, but, you know, Harrison Barnes uh, pulled through, uh, uh, of course, with De'Aaron Fox. And, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, I think this was one of the games where he, we uh, saw a lot of, like, good Tyrese ball, I gotta say. Uh, he played, I believe, uh, a lot more this game as well, with uh, 30 minutes. Uh, he hit five for nine threes, which is pretty ridiculous, because he has shot some ridiculous threes this season, especially from that deep corner, uh, ending with 21 points. Uh, this game uh and yeah towards the end uh someone has mentioned uh if Tyrese didn't foul Williams I forgot his uh first name Grant. if Grant Williams uh if uh Tyrese didn't foul Grant Williams uh it would have been a Jalen Brown free which you know would have tied the game went to overtime and you know potentially I would have said we probably would have lost in overtime, to be honest. Uh, but luckily, you know, we got the foul off Williams. Williams misses his first free throw. 
purposely misses a second and, you know, pretty much sealed the game after, uh, you know, a little uh, rebound fumble around and, uh, you know, with the Tatum corner free to hopefully uh, tie the game. But, you know, misses and we get the win. I mean, shout out to Grant Williams for that play, though. <laughs> but like he, <laughs> he like he missed like he missed intentionally, and like it's not easy to do what he did. Like literally bounce it right back to himself, and you know with the presence of mind to get find Tatum right away. Luckily, the Kings defense was right on him. I don't remember who was on him. I want to say Fox, but like they rushed right over to Tatum. Like and he miss he misses the three. But yeah, like it's this was one of like the high IQ how. Burton plays like he he fouled their you know for some reason they passed the Grant Williams in the first place who's a horrible free throw shooter mm-hmm. and like they had and like Tyrese was guarding Grant and he saw the opportunity knows that Grant probably knows that Grant is a bad free throw shooter fouls him fouls him so that to make him shoot two free throws while they were down three and I, I, I don't know if like Tatum I don't know if Brown makes that shot like if it's like still happening because you know it's different when like everyone stops playing but yeah that that does prevent a game time three and mm-hmm. you know, again high how you know you can only say positive things about Halliburton yeah from the highlights that I rewatched it seemed that way I, I want to say you know uh, because it was uh, Grant Williams it would have been like uh, Shovel pass behind uh, to Brown uh, screen uh, against Halburn, but you know instead of uh, screening for Halburn, Halburn just fouls uh, uh, Williams. And you know during that uh, little stint, uh, Brown does hit hit the three, but you know doesn't count, and uh, it's just two free throws for Williams. Yeah, again, just a good, great overall, like, just, like, honestly, galaxy brain levels of thinking, like, from Halliburton, and that's his, that's why we love him, mm-hmm. in addition to him hitting all those threes. Okay, well, uh, on to my fourth game. Now, you, you did mention the Dallas Mavericks uh, earlier. This is a different Dallas Mavericks game. It's game 61 on April 26, 2021. Um, so I, so I'll, I'll talk about this game a little later, but the, the, this was a back to back. So we played Golden State the night before, and this was unfortunately the, uh, the, the Golden State game, I mean, was the one where Buddy fumbled the game winner, basically. Um, so on a back to back, they come back to the Golden One Center and they bounce back against the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Barnes, uh, leaves the game, uh, with abductor tightness. I think it was in the second quarter. I don't remember exactly but he leaves the game and that was actually the last game he played for the kings this season um so this was one of the what i call the tyrese floor general games he only had 14 points on the scoreboard but honestly it felt like he had 24 because he was controlling the game so well that like it just felt like he scored more points. Like he was the best player on the floor, and that's including well, maybe not including Luca, second best player on the floor except for Luca. But you know he had ten assists and controlled the pace and ran the offense just beautifully. Got everyone in their spots. Got it. Got everyone easy shots and just picked his spots. You know and scored. And he had a very he had a crucial like pull up jumper like late in the game to kind of give the Kings the cushion to, in order to win the game. 
it was just a beautiful like point guard game from Halliburton. And I, I'll be honest, I didn't think he had this in him like earlier in the season. Like we'll talk about it in the next episode, but like during the Orlando Magic game, he wasn't like this. Like it, it just it was just incredible to watch him just d- direct everyone and just control the entire Kings team and just you know beautifully just orchestrate like the entire offense and get everyone like in their spots and get everyone good shots. Uh, Holmes had 24 points, Buddy had 16, five and five with you know steady contributions from everyone else on the team. Um, Luca, of course, you know did his thing. Uh, and I think this was the game where he hit like a ton of step back threes in the in the fourth where like he was just hitting like rainbowing some over guys. But the Kings defense did a great job on just keying on him and just like not letting him like get easy looks like this is one of the things about guarding the Mavs if if. Like, if the defense keys in on him, like, there will be open players. But, unfortunately, the, the Mavs the Mavs just could not cash in. Tim Hardaway, I think, was pretty terrible in this game. And, like, yeah, the, the, the Kings did a good job, I thought, just guarding Luka. And, I, you know, before, when, right when the Clippers went down 0-2, they, I was, like, saying they should... I was saying they should probably take some pointers from the Kings because the Kings defended Luka pretty well. And Luka didn't score that well this game overall, but, you know, he... And, yeah. Um, Mavs bench... Oh, this was another interesting tidbit. The Mavs bench were actually really good. Like, Boban had an amazing stretch in the second quarter. But the starters, I think, were all negatives, and huge negatives, by the way. And, like, yeah, they were just bad. Like, guys like Trey Burke off the bench were great. Jalen Brunson was good. And, of course, you got to shout out the Boban. Was it it this game where we start fouling Boban more just because of his free-throwing? Or I I feel like it was a different game. Why would we foul Boban? I don't think you're thinking the same person. But Boban's like an 80% free-throw shooter. Yeah, I keep on. I'm probably thinking of a different person. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, like Boban was amazing. The second he was just too big, like you know, seven three. Like Kings just didn't have a guy for him. And uh, yeah, it, it's un- I don't know why they didn't play him more. I mean, I kind of know why, but like Kings don't really have an answer for him because like we had like I think like a 10, 15 point lead and Bob and like yeah, it was keyed in by Boban like in the second quarter that like they literally tied the game. This was like one of the games too, where we instead of playing Hassan, we played more of Damian Jones, and you know Damian Jones did uh, pretty much show uh, this game as well, you know, with the seven rebounds and the very few uh, field goals that he made, but he did get the two free throws. So yeah, overall great bench, even third unit performance, I gotta say, uh, from the Kings that game. And I just want to quickly shout out Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn in the second quarter when Boban was starting to dominate on the offensive end, like he had some beautiful Euro steps around him. It was pretty, it was pretty fun to watch. Um, Yeah. Rashawn again had a great game. He had 24 points. Like I think he was the leading scorer for the Kings this game and he was huge down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I believe he was. Yeah. He just pretty much shot over Boban, you know, not challenging him at all. And, you know, kept his distance and uh, just made it. Okay. Well, on to your fourth game. Well, my fourth game is, you know, probably our best 
game winner, I gotta say, in you know, I want I don't want to say King's history. Maybe I don't know. I don't remember a great game winner other than this. Uh, ending with the Cavs on uh, April 27, 2021. So pretty much, I mean, the whole game in reality was, you know, very terrible defense and rebounding on both uh, the Cavs and Kings. So I'm just going to pretty much explain <laughs> the last, you know, couple minutes of the fourth quarter because it, it's that's pretty much the juicy part of this game. Uh you know, before the football pass from Fox, there was a Fox and one. And, you know, that could have sealed the game. But sadly, Colin Sexton with, I believe, like 14 seconds left or even less than that to go. He drove coast to coast, lays it in. Rashawn blocks it. Sadly, they called a goal 10 on it. And now the Cavs are up with us only having maybe a couple seconds left. Fox from the other inbound, since we didn't have a timeout left, football passes it to Harrison Barnes, shoots over Sexton, and I believe and Smith. it wasn't, was it Smith? E- I Dean it was Wade. Wade. Dean Wade, sorry. Yeah, Dean Wade. It, yeah, I believe it was Dean Wade. Over Dean Wade and Colin Sexton, hits that three. It's probably one of the best game winners I've seen. I don't, I don't even know. It's I don't even remember a great Man, game it's winner. The be- it's the best one of the Golden One Center since the bogey one. Like, it's, yeah, it was improbable. And honestly, at the time, I thought it was a pretty, I did not like the play because I don't like kind of Hail Mary plays like that. And I thought it was kind of a mistake not having, like, maybe, like, roll the ball up with Fox and see what he can get. But, you know, like, it, it ended up working out. And, like, yeah, I thought it was an okay game. Like, I actually liked the game while it was happening. I know it was kind of a break fest, but, like, I mean, I'm not here to sh- – I don't mean to shade the Kings, but shade the Kings and the Cavs, but these are not two – these are two not very good teams. And when you have, like, two not very good teams, like, playing against each other, it's kind of an even matchup, and those are actually fun to watch. Like, no, both teams were pretty bad on defense, even though, like, you know, it was a brick fest. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know – and it, it will, again, it kind of reinforced my like, not theory, but like, I love when Fox goes at little guards. Like they have two, they have a very small backcourt, and they just let you know Colin Sexton and uh, Darius Garland just could not guard Fox. Like, you know, Isaac Okoro did a good job for stretches, but like, it was just incredible. It was just fun to watch him just abuse Colin Sexton and just. Yeah, and and just quickly shout out Barnes like for hitting the game winner and you know Pat and slapping Colin Sexton on the ass saying good nice try young fella that was some disrespectful ass shit right there <laughs> yeah well other tidbits I like to mention is you know I do miss this lineup with Halburn instead of Marvin Bagley because you know Marvin Bagley was injured so the lineup was Fox Halburn Buddy. Barnes and Rashawn and you know I wish we played this lineup a little more but you know with Marvin back and uh, of course Fox and Harrison Barnes being out during the end of the season when Marvin came back uh, we didn't have much to go off of but this was one of the lineups I wish to see a lot more for this upcoming uh, season or off season whatever Uh, and you know Hopefully we will add uh, more to our bench to, you know, provide for, uh, you know, our uh, starting lineup. 
I mean, like this. I mean, this lineup play like it's the closing lineup. Like, I, I mean, I felt like they played it a lot, and honestly, I feel this actually added <laughs> to some of the injury issues later on in the season, just because, mm. th- like, this was one of the those lineups where basically everyone was playing, like, 35-plus minutes, and I think it wore on the team towards the end, and it's hard not to draw a correlation between that and three of our best players being out. I know they were, a lot of them were freak accidents, but, like, you can tell, I mean, I, I this lineup was good, but, like, because it was small ball, like, you know, Barnes had to guard fours and sometimes even fives, and, like, Buddy just, you know, just not a good defender against twos or twos or threes or ones, like, you know, uh, I mean, like, I don't mind this lineup being the starting lineup. I do, I wish the starting lineup would just, like, you know, you take out Buddy and just move him to the bench. Like, I just feel that would be such a better like look for him but we'll see what happens next season mm-hmm. uh pretty much to end my notes uh this was the first game with an all-female commentators oh yeah um i i really liked katie hunter i thought katie hunter was good i forgot who was the other person but i was also like i also really liked uh um morgan reagan um on i i don't i forget the broadcast i think she was doing social media but like yeah i i thought it was good like katie hunter is a very good announcer and her partner was really good too mm-hmm. yeah sadly this was the first and only one i believe throughout this whole season and towards the end of the season so yeah let's hope that we get to see more of them because that they were pretty intelligent about the game and you know gave some funny tidbits as well yeah like i don't know if, i don't know if this is the only one of the entire season for all 30 teams but like yeah this, this should happen more often again like katie under and i, I can't i'm gonna look up her name real quick but like they they did a good job like uh you know just honestly like i honestly didn't even notice um I didn't even notice like uh, what's uh, Mark Mark Jones and Doug Christie were gone. Like they were that good, and it just I and like this is one of the things that I think once the Kings become good, will get just more love from the rest of the NBA. Where like we are always like the leaders in social in social movements. Like before, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement kind of took off. Like no, not took off, but like become more prominent throughout the NBA. Like. The Kings were in, were with that, like, to start. And, you know, they also did, like, you know, where one where they went to, um, they played some games, some players played games in, like, you know, the local state prisons. Like, they do good, like, they do good social um, justice uh, initiatives. And, I, you know, once the Kings become good, you know, like, I think it'll get a lot more, you know, love from the rest of the league and it'll get a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. I'm still looking up uh, the person. Can it cover for me for a bit? All right. Well, other than that, our next game that uh, we're going to say that is our you know, best game uh, of the season. I, I wouldn't say best game, but probably in our top five, I would say, is, you know, we both chose the Lakers of April 30th, 2021. Yeah, so take it. So yeah, start it off for us. So other than uh, you know LeBron coming back, and you know we have and also uh, I believe a healthy uh, 
Anthony Davis. I don't remember if he had any injuries prior, but you know, LeBron coming back from his injuries and we have a pretty much mostly healthy uh Lakers team. Uh we fought with a Foxless and Harrison Barnless team. So we had uh at least we had Halliburton, you know. Uh Halliburton started out uh, as our point guard and he I gotta say he played one of his best games uh, in this game he scored 8 for 14 with 10 assists uh, hitting 23 points and he's had 4 for 8 threes uh, if I remember correctly hold on I'm sorry oh no no problem Okay, so sorry, I just found the person's name. I'm pretty sure it's okay. Laisha Laisha Clarendon is the name. Finally, <laughs> that took way longer than it ever should to find that <laughs> um to find that name. But yes, uh, yeah, I'll I'll just kind of go off from where where you start or where you left off. But yeah, but Anthony Davis was. I mean, he just he just recently came back, so like he wasn't fully 100% healthy. LeBron was his first game back, and. I thought he looked fine for the most part. He didn't have uh, as much explosion, but it was a healthy. It was basically a full Laker squad for the most part. And like without Harrison Barnes, without De'Aaron Fox, like I I even asked you in one of our uh, I think one of our post game um, post game uh, reviews, like I was asking you like what do you think the Kings are gonna go on or how many games do you think the Kings are gonna win in this eight game stretch? And you said one for seven. And I think this was like the second or third game in that stretch. <laughs> yeah. And like for us to not not only be competitive, but also being able to pull it out in the end. And like it was just inc- an incredible feeling. And of course, it's the Lakers. Like, you know, we, we as Kings fans kind of have to are legally obligated to hate the Lakers. And it was an incredible like I don't want to say pull it out of our, out of our out of our ass, but like it was an incredible win for us. Mm hmm. Yeah, this Lakers team really didn't shoot well from the arc, other than, you know, Ben McElmore, who we thought was going to be our Kings killer this game. But uh, he really didn't play in the fourth, I don't think. He he played only short stints in the, uh, near the end of the first, starting second, and a little of the third. But, yeah, he, I mean, he pretty much lit us up uh, with being the leading uh, three-point shooter for the uh, Lakers. And... That's uh, I'm surprised because I'm I thought you know uh, KCP and Dennis Schroeder would hit you know a couple more uh, both LeBron and Anthony Davis um yeah I'm uh, surprised uh, Anthony Davis attempted four instead of you know driving to the rim but you know injuries aside uh, I, I don't know how people feel when uh, shooting threes when with these kinds of injuries. I mean, like, they're not a good three-point shooting team. Like, they're just not. And honestly, they're not a good half-court scoring team. What they make their name on is, you know, defense. And, like, they have the, like, two of the best, like, transition finishers of all time on their team. And, yeah, like, they, I mean, it it was looking like the Ben McElmore revenge game in the second quarter. But, like, you know, Kings kind of, you know, Kings kind of keep, not keyed in on him, but, like, they kind of, I guess, like, took notice of Ben McElmore and stopped giving open shots, like, later on in the game. But, like, the full, the reason why we won this game, one of the main reasons was Halliburton. 
Halliburton had 23 points and 10 assists uh, in this game. And going back to the Mavs game, like this was what this was another f- beautiful floor general game for him. He controlled the offense, dictated the pace, and just you know got everyone like you know good shots and easy shots, and just yeah controlled um like the Kings on the offensive end beautifully. Um, mm-hmm. And also just making like big plays down the stretch. He, you know, he got like really nice assists to Rashad. He got a beautiful steal that kind of started a run for the Kings to take the lead. Uh, Walton uh, in, in the post game praised Halliburton for his leadership during the game and getting the Kings into the into their correct actions on offense, like their correct plays. The staff as well uh, as well as the vets like Mo Harkless apparently were constant always tell Halliburton that he needs to be more aggressive and to be a leader on the floor and that's what he did this game. Uh, buddy, uh, one for eleven uh, in this game. <laughs> I, I think at one point you actually score for the other team. Um, and <laughs> yeah. somehow plus thirteen. Yeah, I don't I know mean, how, but <laughs> okay. I mean, he did get seven assists. Uh, you know, being second and tied with Dwan Wright. And I remember those, you know, some of those bounce passes. And, you know, they, they do work. And he was pretty disruptive with um, getting those couple steals, I believe, against LeBron and Ben McAmore, if I remember correctly. Because we were really disrupting uh, the passing with the Lakers at one point. Honestly, part of me thinks that's just like LeBron rust because like he yeah. had some plays. It was just like, what in the fuck <laughs> was that? But one of the biggest, like most interesting parts, I even talked about it, you know, shout out to our previous episodes. I talked like Buddy was on Anthony Davis down the stretch. It was crazy. But but but, but then you kind of see what like the Kings were trying to do. Basically, uh, you know, my favorite Lakers player, Andre Drummond was out there and like there was it was a it, there was mo- no spacing out there and what happened was they put Rashawn on Andre Drummond and just basically treated him like Draymond Green essentially just did not guard him anywhere near like even though like uh, Andre Drummond's like underneath the rim but it was just incredible to see Buddy somehow being able to somewhat hold AD this is one of the problems I have with AD is just that like he's not really a bully and like just doesn't abuse matchups as much as he. I know he was like a little hurt uh, like this game, but like, I mean, you have Buddy healed on you. It's time to eat, man. Just find a way. You don't even need to run post ups. Just do something, you know. And mm-hmm. like, it's just you can put like a wing on Anthony Davis, and he sometimes will just falter just because like if the wing is like you know just big enough and like physical enough against them, he's. I mean, I don't want to throw the S word at him. I don't want to just straight up call him soft, but like, he's he's just not that kind of player. And yeah, having Buddy healed on you down the stretch and not going to the post or like just getting honestly just getting the ball in the perimeter, that was a that was pretty egregious. But uh, granted, Rashawn Holmes was literally waiting for him at the rim. Uh, Marvin uh came back and contributed 11 points, including a very huge three. I think in the in the third or the second, I don't remember, but I he I know he was a minus in this game, but he was good in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashad Holmes had 22 points, and the rest of the Kings gave steady contributions. In the fourth quarter, Kings outscored the Lakers 32 to 18. It was 
pretty incredible. And again, LeBron's has looked off. Like Anthony Davis, for some reason, had no um, interest in engaging Buddy Heald for some reason. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, my next note is that it, I mean it was LeBron's first game back, and you could t- clearly tell he was a bit off. There was, I th- I don't think Buddy was guarding him. There was somebody guarding LeBron like uh, in the fourth, and LeBron just literally threw the ball to them. It just seems to happen sometimes. And uh, yeah, um, you know, go, you know, t- talking again about Andre Drummond. I'm very sorry, Lakers fan, that you guys do have to watch him uh, play basketball, and doubly sorry that you guys have to watch him play fourth quarter basketball. I will, although I will say, at 17 points for him. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty surprising. I mean, we didn't really have a great rebounding, I believe, this game, and. Uh... Yeah, they, he just all, got all those second chance points and catches from LeBron pretty much. I mean, he is big. That that's one thing. He he is a little bit more of a mobile Hassan Whiteside is really what he is. Yeah, but over other than that, you know, besides Buddy, overall like great team effort. Yeah. Uh, again, it was just I, mean, I just loved watching Halliburton in this game because, again, I did not think he had this in him. The ability to control the game and pick his spots like he, you know, he scored 23 like big points. And again, just had great assists, got the offense moving and just everything running smoothly and just, yeah, made plays down, down the stretch. That just that's how you win basketball games. And hopefully going into next season, like De'Aaron is kind of like. I don't want to say like De'Aaron's not going to be the point guard, but like honestly, having Halliburton run point and having Fox run the two guard might actually be, you know, a strategy that you know the Kings could actually run. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Okay, well, um, yeah, that so both of our fifth games were the Lakers game. I have some honorable mentions. Uh, Kings Nuggets uh, game four of the season. Uh, Kings had it was basically the second game against the Nuggets. I don't have the date here, but uh, Kings came back from a 10 point deficit. They actually had a lead in the third quarter, but ended up with a 10 point deficit late in the third. But somehow were able to rally uh, to win the game. It, it was just good to see that the Kings had fight in them. And yeah, and again, the Denver defense is just not good. I just remember like. Man, like it's really Jokic and just like everyone else, you just hope is passable. And yeah, Jokic this game on defense, I remember being terrible. Yeah, and this was also what you call it. Was I think Jamal Murray was also out this game, right? I think he was out. Yeah, I think he will only play one game against us, and he, yeah, again, he was not good. We we mentioned yeah. that game, and that was the very first game, so. Yeah, uh, overall great win against the was it the third seed now, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Although they are tied with the Portland Trailblazers, and I have no clue how that series is gonna go. Uh, sh- quick shout out to Belly. So I think Michael Porter Jr. got an got a, either got a layup or a three. He, he scored on Bielitsa on one end, and somehow Bielitsa comes down the other end and just bullies Michael Porter Jr. for an and one. I gotta shout I gotta shout that out. It just I just could not believe like how bad Michael Porter Jr. was on defense, and I always thought it was a myth, but boy, he was bad to start the season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the next game that uh, for my honorable mentions, Kings versus Pelicans, the 18th game of the season. Uh, I did not watch this game, which is why I didn't end up on one of my top five. But like, um, 
Kings basically were on another deficit, a 10-point deficit late in the third, looked dead in the water. But Barnes hit two step-back threes to kind of get the team kind of, you know, to keep the team kind of close. And Fox just destroyed the Pelicans' defense in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, and I think he ended up with 38 points this game, and just no one on the Pelicans could, could guard him. Yeah, I, I believe this was his career high? That's where he has like 44, I think. Oh. No, no, he had a 43-point game against the Pelicans before. I like, see. Before this. So, so yeah, we, oh, I guess we know that Fox can play well against the Pelicans, I guess. I mean, it's kind of, I've always thought it was weird how the Pelicans defense was just bad. They have good defenders. Like, you know, like one of my, one of the guys I keep wanting to get on the Kings, Lonzo Ball, is a very good defender. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, a very good defender, although he's had a huge drop-off. Like, Steven Adams, a good rim protector, yet are just bad on defense. I don't know what it is. Well, let's hope they fix that for next season, for sure. Yeah, I, I, now I want them to suffer for some reason. I like <laughs> Zion and all, but, like, something about that, um, something about that's, um, that franchise just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what it is. But oh. yeah, uh, you, I'm, we already mentioned the Cavs game, like again, you know, it was a breakfast, but you know, it was a good game. Like I actually liked watching it and yeah, we had the all female, uh, announcing team and Barnes hit that game winner and slapped, uh, Colin Sexton on the ass for the good effort. Um, oh. next, uh, next game is Kings versus Mavs. This is the, first, this is the second, no. Wait, no, this, yeah, this is the second Mavs game. Yeah. Or, no, this was the first Mavs game, sorry, for uh, April 18th, 2021. Um, a lot of Fox versus Luka down the stretch. Uh, contributions from Terrence Davis and Finney Smith. They were the only two that I think scored down the stretch for either team, uh, uh, besides uh, Fox and Luka. And, yeah, Kings were able to come out on top. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it was the only game that <laughs> the Kings were kind of at full strength. Hmm. Was it? Man. I, I don't remember if it was this game. I've t- it might have been one of the games that I f- no, forgot to mention it, but Marvin in one of these games dominated the, the Mavs. And like just it, it was the only time that I've ever said, man, the Kings are too big for this team. I I think that game was the one I mentioned in my top five. It probably I, was, yeah. Because I think uh, Marvin was still injured during this game. If I remember correctly, I I gotta I got check it to be sure, but yeah, and Marvin uh, in the game I was uh, mentioning, uh, yeah, had a great first three quarters, just uh, you know started chucking it in the fourth. Yeah. Um. Uh, anything? Yeah, I don't have anything else for the game. I'm gonna move on to the next game if that's okay with you. Uh, yeah, that's fine. So this is actually a loss. Um. So Kings. Versus Warriors, game 60, uh, April 25th. So while the Kings lost, I thought it was real. I thought that was a really good game by the Kings, and it was the first game where Sean was back. Um, and yeah, the the game basically came down to a Steph Curry turnover, down one, with Buddy Hill getting the ball, basically about to get a dunk and just fumbling it out of out of bounds. I know, I know that that was that is basically the highlight of the game. But like I thought, the, I thought the Warriors escaped that game. Like they should not have won that game. And 
Yeah, like, I thought it was a good effort. I know Steph went off, but, like, they did a good job, like, keying in on him and just defending him, you know, well well enough to, you know, be able to win the game, which they ultimately did not. But I thought, it, you know, I hate this war, but it was a good effort. <laughs> yeah, you just reminded me of that buddy fumble, and it was, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> we were watching this one together, and you freaked out, as did most Kings fans. Like, just freaked out when... You know, it just sucks that it did happen to Buddy, just because we we have talked a lot about Buddy's handle, like how it's just not good, and it just sucks that it just had to happen to him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next game that I want to quit. Oh yeah. Well, you mentioned this game. Uh, yeah. Kings versus uh, Mavs. Uh, May second, twenty twenty one. Like again, Kings. I thought just had no business winning this game, especially after Halliburton went down in the third. But they stayed the course, and yeah, they were able to pull out an improbable victory, just slicing up the Mavs' defense, and the Mavs just could not answer for some reason. Yep, without Fox and have Harrison Barnes as well. And the, I'm, I'm going to have two more games. I only have one Bryn here, but I'm going to shout out the Spurs game, uh, game 67 uh, at the Golden 1 Center on May 7th. Now, the Kings did lose this game, but it was definitely the best game I had watched in a long time. Like, it was so intense that it felt like a playoff game was like literally the feeling around the team. And like the Kings played the Spurs very well up until like about around the end of the fourth quarter. Like they were within striking distance, but just, you know, just didn't have the firepower to finish it like. I really wish, like, at least one of the three players were healthy, like what, like Harrison Barnes, De'Aaron Fox, or Halliburton, because they really just needed that one extra punch to take them home, and it's unfortunately that they just could not finish it. Yeah, after this game, I feel like we maybe could have made the play-in play tournament if we won, because we would be up a full game, I believe. No, well, no, we would have been one and a half behind them, and we probably and probably ultimately end up making the play-in because that Spurs schedule was brutal to end the season. And, like, you know, before the Grizzlies eliminated us, like, they had just lost to New York, and, you know, they were on, they were, like, you know, they they just needed a little push to, you know, push them off the cliff, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was, like, really the game that could have uh, brought us in, and, you know, well, uh, thank goodness the players played uh, tough, but, you know, it just ended up in a loss, sadly. And, uh, yeah, it's just quickly, you know, the, the final game that I just quickly want to shout out, the Grizzlies game. That was a good game. And, like, again, playoff intensity. And, like, you know, it sucks that we lost, but I want to shout out Justin James for coming through that game. And, like, just, mm. like, work. It really gives me hope. Like, I was very disappointed in this season this year. Like, just the fact they didn't get to play, and when he did play, he didn't get to do much. But, like, that game showed me something, and just maybe, just maybe there's some hope for him, like, you know, next season. And just him being, you know, turning into a contributing wing for us. Yeah, let's, we'll have to see, I guess. Hopefully he does develop, and, you know, we'll keep him. And I will say, like, the, the, the Spurs and the Grizzlies game, like, I have mentioned that they were right there, like, to basically bring the game home. But, like, the fact that they kind of, bl- kind of, I guess, not blue, I guess, yeah, blew both games at the end where they just kind of ran out of gas. Like, mm-hmm. I, I want to see the Kings be able to buck that trend. 
Like I don't I don't want to say there's a curse on the Kings franchise, but there are there are so many moments where they have not finished strong to end the season. And you know, next season's really gonna be the proving ground and they really need to bring it. <laughs> um and just hopefully they can buck that trend and honestly lift that curse, lift the cloud that is on the Kings franchise. Yeah, let's hope and see. Okay, well, that's finally going to do it for the uh, Kings' top five games. We will be coming out with the bottom five games uh, sometime in the next week. Um, Yeah, uh, until then, uh, we're going to quickly just update the, uh, just quickly catch up on the playoffs. So first thing I want to talk about um, with you, so they're in the Wizards and Philadelphia game, I think it was game two, game three i don't remember but uh a fan it was game two because it would have been at philly Uh, some some jackass threw popcorn at westbrook after he was after he was about to leave after i think a knee injury Mm -hmm. um yeah what were your thoughts on this i mean what did that guy expect i i'm pretty sure uh whatchamacallit we've seen like something similar like this before and you know westbrook has witnessed a lot (laughs) While other stuff uh, in the previous years as well with uh, guys throwing middle fingers at him. He got thrown out for that. Uh, you know, throwing pock. If you throw, throw popcorn at Westbrook, you're you're bound to get like some sort of ban. <laughs> yeah, stay classy, Philly. Um, yeah, I I mean like credit to the credit to the the people around him holding back Westbrook. Uh, yeah, Westbrook was gonna kill that guy. Um, <laughs> like I'm glad a malice of the palace didn't happen, but like it it just makes me think of like should, like what kind of punishments do you think like should be put on the fan? Like is is um I guess a lifetime ban enough in your opinion? Hmm. <sighs> I think that's part of it, in my opinion. Like, I think Charles Barkley said it best. We should bring the fan down and have the NBA player go at it. But I don't believe in too much violence, to be honest. So I would well, say... I'm all for violence <laughs> against fans. I'm sorry. I've, I hate fans. Like, yeah, you, yeah, you paid $1,000 for a ticket. Doesn't mean you get to do whatever the fuck you want. Show some damn courtesy. I know these fuckers drink, like drank a lot of alcohol, but control yourself in public. And like, you know, if you're gonna act like this, I'm all for violence against you. Fans be, do some un, like just despicable shit and just need to be taught a lesson. I believe in, you know, some people just need to get their ass whooped. I can see that. Maybe put them in a UFC ring and we'll see how it goes. Oh yeah, just put them in a guillotine choke and just hold that shit in, <laughs> and just uh, <laughs> and, you know, I, I I know this is violent and you know I get where you're coming from. You know, you don't want some violence. I'm all for these guys don't deserve mercy in my opinion. And yeah, Westbrook would have fucking killed them. <laughs> so like so, that that's my take on it. And yeah, Philly, stay classy. You guys seem to have the worst fans <laughs> in in the league, probably like up there with Portland and and the Jazz. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Speaking of the jazz, apparently uh, j- jazz fans uh, were getting into it with a uh, jazz family. Um, and apparently some guy kind of took it too far and started just yelling racial remarks at jazz family. Um, what were your thoughts on that? I actually didn't hear about this. And, you know, 
same with the guy throwing popcorn. You gotta control yourself, and you know, being that it's you know, racist remarks, it just makes it even worse. Especially how much like we've been through, uh, especially last year and this year with uh, Black Lives Matter as well. It's just disgusting to the, uh, see. The fact that it's always <laughs> it seems to be always the jazz. Oh, man. I mean, like, it doesn't help. Like, it's, you know, it, let's be honest. Like, jazz bands are mostly white because Utah's mostly white. And, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to paint all jazz bands like that because, like, before that, like, you know, Jaws family, Jaws dad was actually having a lot of fun trash talking a lot of jazz fans, but some asshole just had to be racist about it. And, yeah, there, there's no place for that kind of stuff. Like, I think he got banned, which is good like that's that's the start of it and yeah like it's fun it's okay to trash talk but keep it classy guys come on like at least like be smart and be smart about how you insult people and like yeah you're a public forum like control yourself Mm -hmm. uh next one on my uh list here uh so this actually happened pretty recently uh some guy at, at uh td garden in boston threw a bottle at kyrie irving while he was about to exit the tunnel and he actually got arrested and uh yeah what were your thoughts on that <sighs> luckily he didn't hit kyrie's head because once i saw it i was like man that that was pretty close and uh yeah getting arrested should be part of the punishment as well <laughs> to be honest along with that fist fight you were talking about now now i'm gonna i'm not gonna, i'm gonna finally be a, be a little bit less violent this dude was wearing a kevin garnett jersey i think i think he should get that i think he should get that jersey confiscated i was gonna say that he doesn't deserve to wear to wear the beautiful name of kevin garnett <laughs> um on him he's a scumbag and yeah i hope he pays some fines um okay uh, any other thoughts on it uh yeah good thing that he got arrested i wonder i actually want to see like what the whatchamacallit is um not the verdict what's the, the, the i mean like as long as he's banned from the band i'm okay maybe pay some fines but like yeah just don't do that shit like control yourself and as far as i know all three cases why does it always have to be white fans <laughs> It seems to be a theme. I'm just saying. What you would call it? Was was the guy throwing the popcorn? Uh, white fan? I don't remember. I don't. I, I don't think there's a picture. I'm just. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna. I just assumed. But I mean, like, it just seems like a lot of these stories always involve white fans, and you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they're racist. You know, I'm just saying, like, control yourselves at these goddamn at these goddamn public events. Like, have some courtesy, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a this one happened in um, MSG. Um, so a fan apparently spit at Trey Young while he was about to inbound the ball. Um, yeah, um, what are your thoughts? You know, I'm surprised I haven't heard like half of these, probably because I haven't followed the news in a little bit. But man, I the more I'm looking at this list that you're about to mention. Why? Why now? And well, gee, dear goodness, another terrible, disgusting thing to do to a player as well. Spitting on Trey Young, man. I'll, I'll get into it, but uh, <laughs> you that, keep going. Yeah, that that definitely deserves a 
worldwide NBA ban. <laughs> so yeah, th- I mean, this is disgusting. Like, it's just why? And like, honestly, you're making Trey Young all the more famous. Like, fucking idiot. Um, yeah, I'm. I mean, it's. I mean, I don't. I don't have words f- to describe it, but uh, like, I think this stuff has been happening all the time. I don't think it's a new thing. I think this has always been happening, but there's just more of a focus now just because, you know, we're finally getting fans back in arenas and everyone's just kind of excited. And there's just kind of a microscope, I think, in, on these games. But honestly, like, you know, racist remarks, that that's nothing new. Like, you know, I hate to go back to Utah, but you but if you look, listen to Vernon Maxwell, the N word was constantly thrown at him, like during the Utah games, like Russell Westbrook talks about it like I, and I think like yeah, these kinds of things happen all the time. Fans just don't know how to control themselves, and yeah, I, l- let's jump a little bit into that series. Like, <laughs> I, I'm I'm starting to love Trey Young for how he's handling all this like you know heat from Knicks fans who just who has basically turned him into the new Reggie Miller. <laughs> really. <laughs> Cause like the vitriol that they they treat him with, like literally the first the first thing that happened in the game was the fans start chanting Trey Young in game one or fuck Trey Young in game one. Mm-hmm. Like these guys just hate him for some reason. They're making fun of his hairline. They're making fun fun of how his hair's thinning, like despite being like what twenty twenty. Like they hate this guy, and and like I love how Trey Young is treating this. He loves that he he's smiling at these stupid ass fans for yelling shit at him. Like this is this series has made me like Trey Young more, just because like he wants to smoke and he's shit talking these guys to the brink right now. And it it also doesn't help that they're up three one now, so like Knicks fans are getting real quiet about it uh, online anyway. But I'm pretty sure once they get back into MSG. Oh, the boos are gonna come. Oh yeah. Let's see. Is isn't it uh, that uh, tonight's game too? Is it? Yeah, I've got to check actually. Ah oh. oh, dang! No, it's not tonight's game. It's tomorrow. Not even tomorrow's game. Jeez. It's it's Wednesday's game. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, probably. Well, uh, well, you know what? Let, let's get a prediction out of you. Who do you think's winning? Atlanta versus New York. Yes. I actually would rather have New York win the series, but to be honest, I, I think... Why? Gonna... <laughs> Why? No, I, like I said, I think Atlanta's going to win <laughs> this no, series. No, but like, why Why do you want the Knicks to win? I don't know. I I think I like them as a team overall <laughs> compared to Atlanta. Ew. I, Ew. Mean, I mean, I'll support Bogey. I will, I'll support Bogey. It does. It shouldn't take bogey. It's just, it's just support. well, like I, I just think, like especially this series, have just shown how insufferable Knicks fans can be. And Lord have mercy if they make the second round. Oh my God. And also the fact that they're not going to play the Nets. Whoever wins the series is not going to play the Nets. Actually takes my interest out of it. They're going to play the Sixers in the next round, and mm-hmm. like that takes a lot of interest out of it for me. Um. Just because, like, I want that Brooklyn and New York um, rivalry. Like, we did, we, you know, we didn't get, you know, the Battle of LA next year. I want a Battle of New York this year. But, like, it just seems like, you know, they're. I mean, again, it's 99% of my like dis, 
disdain for Knicks is more or less just Knicks fans and just see like how much hype there is around this team, even though it honestly it's not much better than the Kings roster. Like it really isn't. But you know, credit to Tom Thibodeau. Like he's gotten the most out of this team and hopefully you guys make the playoffs next year because again, this is not that talented of a team. They've overperformed and yeah, like, do you guys want to throw a max at Julius Randle <laughs> in two years? <laughs> but with that, for Knicks fans, like, hopefully, uh, you know, for the sake of your guys' sanity, I hope nothing, hope you guys don't do anything stupid this offseason. Well, we'll have to see. <laughs> uh, just quickly, just quickly to stay on the Knicks, apparently someone threw a beer at um, Emmanuel quickly. At, at New York, by the way, at MSG for, for some reason in game two. Again, what in the fuck? <laughs> Uh, did they find out who it was? Was it? I think, did, yeah. I think they did. No, no. It, so this was in MSG. So like, I assume as a Knicks fan, but they won that game. So what? Why? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's really just a, stup- a stupid and dumb move by him. I thought they liked. They love quickly too. I mean, you you might be right. I might be a Hawks fan, but. Oh. Fans control yourselves. What the fuck? Yeah. Now that uh, you mentioned Madison Square Garden, I forgot how crowded uh, those arenas are because yeah, they're they're past that red tier right now. I believe so. Like I think the yeah. capacity was sixteen hundred or sixteen thousand um, mm-hmm. that that game. And yep, I mean again that that building was lit. Like these fa- like Knicks fans, as much as I make fun of them. They are they, probably the most like rabid loyal fan base in the league. Like I think there might be, they think they might take the Kings's. Like I don't think it'd be this loud in the Golden One Center. Uh, of course, I'd probably be proven wrong when we get them in the playoffs. But and like they are hyped for their team. Yeah, I think Knicks fans are like, I wouldn't say the best fans, but the most loyal fans ever I've seen, or. It, New York in general, like most loyal fans to their own teams, whether it's football, hockey, baseball, or even yeah, basketball. Dear goodness. I mean, look at Spike Lee. Spike Lee, James Dolan didn't let Spike Lee into a game just a year ago, and now he's in the front row cheering him on, basically bringing it way back, like making it look like it's back in 1995, <laughs> like yelling at Trey Young, like. The, the loyalty to this fan base is unparalleled. Yep. Yep. Okay, moving on. Uh, so you know, my prediction that the Heat would beat the Bucks kind of, you know, you know, fell flat on my face on this one. Heat end up getting swept by the Bucks. What were your thoughts? Uh, pretty. I mean, I wasn't surprised. I, I predicted that, that uh, Milwaukee was going to win, right? Yeah, I believe so because you refuse to you refuse to support the Heat, even though you're quote unquote a Heat fan. <laughs> what you call it? Yeah. Um. Overall, like really good game from uh, the Bucks. Um. I forgot uh, what happened with the Heat, but. It was a little on and off, I gotta say. Like a lot, of, a lot of missed shots and opportunities from the Heat. Yeah, Jimmy Butler shot 30% for the series. I think Tyler Hero was somehow worse. I think he shot 29% for the series. Dear goodness. Game one was actually pretty. Game one was interesting. Like you know, looking back, like the Heat needed to win that one, and unfortunately they didn't. And yeah, just 
I, they just couldn't make shots. I guess it's I guess the bubble was a mirage or, you know, I mean, like we did overhype Tyler Hero, to be honest, like and part of it maybe also like you, you got to you got to think about it. Like, I mean, like they only had two months off after the finals and like they have not been healthy the entire season. Mm-hmm. And I think like just that fatigue probably just built up. And honestly, like getting Drew Holiday, getting P.J. Tucker, that was huge for the Bucks. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, moving on. Uh, the next series I want to talk about: Clip, Clippers versus Mavericks. So I, I was actually hoping to record like a few days earlier when the Clippers were, were what's it called? I think they were down two one at the time, and I was hoping to have you predict who was going to win Game Four. Well, the Clippers won Game Four, so and it, now the pressure is on the Mavs because it looks like Luca's injured, and. Uh, yeah, um, they've basically the Clippers have basically come back since losing their two home games by winning two in Dallas, and they're going back to LA next game. So quickly, I want to get your prediction on who's going to win Game Five. I mean, I really want the Clippers to win <laughs> the series in general because you know, I want to support Luca at the moment, but uh. Yeah, I'm at, I have a feeling Clippers will win uh, Game Five at home. Yeah, I, I, I honestly I picked them to get to the get to the Western Conference Finals so that they could finally have that battle of LA. Um, and honestly, I picked them to come out of the West. To be honest, even if oh. I although I'm gonna get burned by that just because it's the fucking Clippers and they do this every fucking year. But <laughs> like, I mean, I I want to root root for Luca too. Like he was amazing in the first two games and honestly he was pretty good in the third game too but now he's got an injury and yeah i mean i was like thinking like the mavs are not going to shoot 65 percent or like 50 percent from three like for the rest of the series right but now guess what they're not shooting 50 percent from the from three anymore and yeah the clippers have figured out that their their interior defense is made is consistent of tissue paper basically so they're now going to the rim more and just dunking the ball and yeah it does not look for good for the maps and uh yeah I'm, I'm i'm hoping that the clippers finally make it to the western conference finals so we can ha- have that battle of la or will we because on to our next series uh lakers versus suns um uh lakers lose a tough one uh, in game four to the suns after anthony davis goes down with a groin strain so, you know, AD is like, I think he will end up playing, but I don't think he will be good in game five. And yeah, at this point, like it's tied 2-2. I think that I think the Suns have to smell blood right now because LeBron's a bit hobbled. AD is definitely not going to be like, uh, like probably even 70% in game five. Like at this point, like it's, it's make or break for the Suns. And I think they need to win game five if they don't. Like they're losing the series, and if the Lakers lose Game Five, like oh, that's looking real dangerous. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I we talked a little bit about this before we started recording. Who do you think is going to win the series? Hmm. I I really do want for you know, L.A. versus L.A. sakes. I want the Lakers to win, but. But with the injuries, I think 
the Suns will take the cake and win the next two. That's my take. Yeah, that's that's basically where I'm at. However, now I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna let you know that uh, Charles Barkley on 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 Inside the NBA has guaranteed that the Suns win this series. Or I think he spe- said specifically Game Five. Although you know I assume he's gonna pick the Suns to win the series anyways. But he has guaranteed a victory. Does that change your opinion at all? Because he does not have a good track record when he guarantees a win. <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, if Chuck says that, I might as well pick the Lakers then. <laughs> so you're actually going to pick the Lakers? No, I'm still going to pick the Suns. You're going to pick the Suns? Uh, I still want to go the other way, but I don't want to pick the Lakers. I Honestly, I, I don't. I Part of me, I really think, like, I mean... If there's any superstar who's going to go against all odds, it's probably it's LeBron. Like he has earned that trust from us as mm-hmm. fans to say, like even in the darkest of times, he is the one to step up to the plate. Although he's not healthy, uh, I, I can't do it. I think I got to pick the Suns. Like I just don't. I don't think like like without Anthony Davis, they're kind of toast. Like Aiden, Aiden has been unstoppable. And like while Andre Drummond was okay in Game Four, I don't think that's the answer to say the least. And like without AD, I think they're done. Hey, you never know. Maybe LeBron will drop 50 for some odd reason. Uh, shooting from the freaking uh, logo like five out ten times. And Andre Drummond's somehow gonna lose that game for them. Yeah, that's our that's our take on. It. I just don't want to pick the Lakers. No, I mean. They have Andre Drummond, and for some reason they keep playing Andre Drummond. <laughs> so that's just I I just I mean he was again he was okay in Game Four, but what in the it's just why do you guys keep playing him over Marcus Gasol? I don't get it. And yeah, I, I haven't seen Mark as much as I should have. At this point, you did, I, I would rather had Boogie White replace Andre. Yeah, okay, re- okay, relax now. <laughs> relax now. Hmm. Well. well that's it for us. Finally, like, man, it's been an hour and a half. It's going to be a long episode. Well, uh-huh. just you wait. I have two more news to get over real quick. Oh, uh, yep. Go ahead. <laughs> I know it's it's a long episode, but, you know, Bobby Jackson got hired as the new coach for the Stockton Kings. Yay. So well, Congratulations now... to him. Like, I've, I've only heard good things about Bobby Jackson as a, an assistant coach, and he was the head coach, I think, at, at one point for the Kings, right? I I can't recall. It's he, I mean he's been always there for our uh, coaching staff. It's just I can't remember if he ever head coached like a game or two or even a season. To be honest. So yes, here it says he's always been an assistant. So no, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't see him as, yeah, I don't see anything as a uh, head coach. So yeah, now that. There's a new opening. We talked about that, you know, potential hiring. Maybe we'll grab someone. Remember from my last episode? What do you think? Yeah, so I keep bringing up the name David Vanterpool. Like, I just, I mean, I, granted, it's mainly from Twitter and Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Like, David Vanterpool is out there. Like, you know, we have a spot. You know, why not grab him? Yes, why not? Well, 
to like quickly wrap things up for the end of the episode. Oh, uh, might uh, like to mention that uh, Martin has passed away uh, from a bike crash, uh, which is sad to hear because uh, this is probably the second bicycle slash bike crash that we've heard in the past year. Last being uh, Sean Bradley, which you know really paralyzed him, and now we have Mark Eaton. So our full condolences to his family and friends, and yeah, hopefully, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, condolences to Mark Eaton and his family. Like, I, I mean, I like I saw a bunch of pictures like of people kind of basically giving a tribute to Mark Eaton. He seemed like a really great guy. Like, you know, Rudy Gobert was like giving him love and. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the the NBA world lost a, a legend, and uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. And uh, yeah, condolences to his family, his friends. Yep. Well, I guess we'll see you guys in the next episode where we will talk about our, I guess, five worst losses or worst games that we thought of this season. So... We'll see you guys later. Yep, stay tuned.